Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Good morning. It's the Lombardi Line here on a December 18th. We say happy holidays. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Michael Lombardi. So this must mean he means business because he went back to the office on a Sunday. <laughs> he is Michael Lombardi. A of course, the Lombardi Line. Patrick, we had to make it audible, you know, check blue 90, blue 90, kill, kill. We went back here, you know. We, we're going to get the show on the air somehow, some way. So uh, fortunately, uh, we're, I was able to get back here to this office and uh, we make it work. And uh I didn't blow a big lead like somebody else did yesterday. <laughs> okay, well, I was going to say, we've got 11 games on tap today here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network in the NFL. Should we just kind of slide past what happened yesterday, or maybe we should no. recap what we saw yesterday? I, I, what we I, I saw think, yesterday was unreal. I, I think I think we have to, I because I think some of those games were so, you know, I, I, different. You know, uh, I think they were clearly an indication of who was in control, who was in the lead, uh, and starting with the first game. You know, I, I, I tweeted out at halftime, I said, the Colts are 12 plays, 12 first downs away from winning the game, and they should not snap the ball with more than one second on the play, with more than two, one second. They should they snap the ball from here on out with one second on the play clock. they got to reduce the game, and it's kind of ironic, you know, I wrote a column on on Friday about the great 49er defense, and I attributed to you know one of my heroes in football, Bill Parcells. And Parcells, you know, in, in the second quarter of a game, he would be telling Ron Harrod, "Milk it, milk it." Once he got a ten point lead with Lawrence Taylor, he knew when the game was over. Like he was, there was going right. to. It was it was hard for people to get back in it, so he would be yelling, "Milk it!" Like they could have literally flown Parcells in from Jupiter to, to uh, Minneapolis, put him on the sidelines at the start of the second half without knowing the offensive uh, vernacular, the defensive vernacular, or the special teams, and he would have won the game for him. Well, we'll start with the good news for the Colts. They did cover the three and a half. Okay, so we'll yeah. start there. Uh, I had the a feeling they work is... on a cover. I had a feeling they work on a cover. I feel they were going to score. I thought they were going to score a touchdown. In, in you know, it had. I mean, but anyway, go ahead. You lead the par- you lead the parade. It was the Minneapolis miracle part due, Michael Lombardi up thirty three. So the Colts 
just surrendered the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. The NFL's been along around for a little while now, a little over 100 years, so not great for Jeff Saturday. I think maybe we should start there because there was so much conversation around the head coach or the interim head coach of the Colts. Let's hear from your boy. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I've played a lot of football, so I've been a part of some some uh, some crazy games myself. So, yeah, I mean, you can – when we – listen, when we walked out of halftime, I told them this – you know, this team, they've won nine of ten of their games have been one-score games. Yeah, there was no – we didn't overlook. We understood how explosive this offense is, how many points they put up. Um, yeah, so, no, I, I, I'm not um, – you know, I'm disappointed in how we played in the second half and didn't didn't find a way to close this thing out. But uh, ultimately, you know, I told the guys in there, we didn't make enough plays. And that goes around the entire football team. And uh, you got to look yourself in the mirror and understand when there's opportunities to make and close teams like that out, we got to make them. We didn't make them. Yeah, Coach Saturday came out of the halftime break and said, look, this has never been done before. Let's not have it happen to us. Oh, it did. And by the way, he gave up 33 in the fourth quarter against the Cowboys. He just... Uh, gave up 39 in the second half against Minnesota. My assumption is he won't be back next year. Well, I mean, I think that's a whole other conversation that we should probably have on the GM shuffle because that's a dangerous slope with him in the building if he's not in the building. Because if he's going to be the consigliere to the owner, that's going to hurt the alignment. But let's focus on yesterday. I completely disagree with what he said. We didn't make enough plays. When he got the 33-point lead, they didn't make any plays to get the 33-point lead, okay? Let's be clear here. They blocked a punt for a touchdown. Okay, you say that makes a play. They had an interception thrown directly to them. I mean, it really, they didn't make that play. The ball went right to them. They went for it on fourth and inches and didn't get it. They tried a fake punt on fourth and one and didn't get it. In my book, that's 20 points of the 33 that really the, the the Vikings said, here, please take it. They didn't make any plays. With 37 minutes into the game, the Vikings hadn't scored. So they did all this. They did all this with their ability. They had a third and seven at Minnesota 34-yard line. They don't convert that. They kicked the 54-yard, 52-yard field goal to go up 36-7 to with four minutes and 53 seconds left to go in the game. In the game. I mean, excuse me, in the fourth, third quarter. And they give it up. I mean, this is without, without turning the ball over, Patrick. Without turning the ball over. 33 points. Previously, the biggest deficit. You remember it. I remember it very well. Frank Reich, Bills. Remember, Jim Kelly was out. 92 wildcard game against the Oilers. That was it back in 92, 32 points overcome this one, 33. So let's take it to the other locker room. If you're a Vikings fan, if you're Kevin O'Connell, I mean, you're excited about the win, but what the hell was that? Well, I mean, that was, they just gave games away. I mean, look, they were just, uh, they were horrible. I mean, to put it bluntly, they were poorly coached, they were poorly game managed, and they executed poorly. I think they were bad in all five, all three phases. The block punt, I mean, you know, they couldn't get off the field on third down. They couldn't make a play. I mean, they just gave – they were giving the game away. They were – and we saw this. I mean, we saw this pretty much all day yesterday. Teams didn't really – I mean, I don't think Cleveland won the game. I think Baltimore gave them the game. I don't, you know, I mean, Indianapolis was given the game in the first half, and then they turn around, and by only getting five first downs in the second half, five, okay, they only had five first downs in the second half. I said they needed to get 12. They had five. And they only converted one third down in the second half, one for eight in the second half on third down conversions. That's how you lose favorites the game. Up. Yeah, that's exactly how you lose it. And if you're Baltimore, favorites, by the way, 3-0, and Straight up on the day, 2-1 ATS, Michael Lombardi. The overs were 2-1. The under on the day was Baltimore at Cleveland, and Baltimore has themselves to kick. They couldn't get it done in the red zone. Uh, Baltimore, to me, I think Baltimore. I, I felt like Baltimore was in complete control of that game from start to finish. I had the volume on that game, and I heard Rich and Joe and uh, Kurt saying that Cleveland's defense was playing outstanding. I didn't see that game. I was watching a different game than they were watching. I felt like Baltimore had every opportunity to win that game. They ran for 198 yards, right? I mean, they were making plays. They turned the ball over. They couldn't make a play in the passing game, and they basically gave them the game. The fumble by Robinson, 
the 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 fumble. Uh, I think I don't know if it was Dob. The the fumble on the uh, the Robinson fumble. The interception down in the red zone that killed him. The passing up of the points. I mean, if you tell if I, you say to me before the game, Baltimore's going to hold Cleveland to thirteen points. I say, well, they win the game. Of course. I mean. To me, it was just it was they gave them the game. It wasn't that it, it was Baltimore's in, in, inability to have a passing game, which we've been saying all year. It's a joke. I mean, how John Harbaugh looks at this passing game and thinks it's going to win any game against a good team is ridiculous. And it's not about players; it's about plays. No, it's, it's about design. It, yep. It's really design. And 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 any and you know, and I've been saying it for two years. I don't understand how he's watching it, and I see it, and he doesn't see it. It's remarkable. And, you know, I mean, look, I didn't think – I thought Deshaun played okay. I thought he played better. But when you let him scramble for a first down on third and 14, you know he's going to run the ball. And then finally we had the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. And the nightcap, we had the snowball game, right, where yeah. Josh Allen was brilliant in the fourth quarter, a race an eight-point deficit, Buffalo 32-29. Miami does cover that seven number. We soar over the 45, 44 and a half where we closed – and this was, look, I mean, they're in command in the AFC right now, Buffalo. It's almost like when the snow started in the fourth quarter, they got comfortable and they took over yeah. there. I really feel, uh, you know, to me, when you go back and handicap your analysis, you always start with, what did I get wrong? And I, I, I'm mad at myself for taking Buffalo because I took Buffalo under the pretense it was going to be weather like the fourth quarter. If I'd known it was going to be perfect weather, I wouldn't touch the game. Because I think, you know, the cold, it was three-mile-an-hour wind. There was no wind. You know, we were told all week it was going to be windy and snowy and all that. I mean, yep. there was no wind. There was no wind. And, you know, for all, you know, for the game, I mean, to me, I, I feel like that handicap on my part, and I'm, I apologize, is, was related to I was expecting a, be a bad weather game, and we didn't get that. And so it became a, a kind of a battle that you knew seven was probably going to be too much. I think the people who took Miami, Patrick, and, and took the seven were counting on it being a bad weather game. They were of taking course. the seven because of that. I was harping on the over, all on the under at 43, and asking Thomas yesterday, why isn't that under coming down? And it was because, you know, I felt like the weather was going to – we saw videos of the weather there. And then when, I, when they went to the game – it, it, I saw the field was in perfect condition. I'm like, wait a minute. And then I looked at the flagpole. I mean, they were making field goals from everywhere. There was no, there was no wind. I mean, it was. I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody here. I'm just saying it was a complete miscalculation, and both teams gained over 400 yards. No, every forecast was completely off. The expectations were we were going to see a snow globe throughout the whole entire game. You didn't see it until the fourth quarter. You know, they were calling for 10 to 12 mile an hour winds. Like you said, there was nothing. So the forecast completely off for that one. And it was interesting. They were up 21-13 at the break. They fall apart in the third, and then they take over in the fourth. So that was kind of the rhythm of the I, game I thought there. Miami, you know, Miami ran the ball 14 times in the first half and dominated the game running the football. They, the, you know, the, which they didn't tell you on television is the Bills want to play that nickel front. Right, and so they're light. They're light on the boxes, and so you can attack the edges like Miami was doing. And they didn't have enough guys to really. It wasn't about gap integrity; it was about gap control. And they just got, you know, and and they got away from it a little bit. And they were fortunate that Tua didn't throw a couple interceptions. Let's be clear here. Okay, that's the story from yesterday. Week fifteen moves along. Today, the themes: freezing temperatures and new faces at quarterback. We'll get to those next. We're just getting started here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade 
lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VSIN is the gift that keeps on giving. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for only $79 right now. It's a great deal, it's a holiday offer. It goes through March Madness, so you get everything we do through the big dance. Sign up today, you're going to receive $20. Uh, a little Christmas shopping, a little holiday shopping at the VEASAN store. Hats, shirts, mugs, everything's there. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recaps of the top plays made by VEASAN show host and guests. Also, the betting tools, which is uh, the splits are so popular, uh, by far the most popular tool in the bag there. So make sure you check it out, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's a limited offer, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Okay, so we got you back here. That was Saturday. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher on a football Sunday. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hope you're having a nice weekend. Uh, I mentioned the themes today, so let's get to those. It's going to be freezing temperatures. I assume where you are in Jersey, it's cold, 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 Michael Lombardi. Jersey's going to be cold. Chicago's going to be 20s. Lambo is going to be teens. Uh, Washington's going to be freezing temperatures. Cold temperatures across the league today. Yeah, I, I, it's not bitterly cold out there. I think it's we're going to get to 40 up in the Meadowlands, so that shouldn't be as bad. I think the Philadelphia-Chicago game is going to be impacted by a little bit of weather. I mean, it's going to be 20, low 20s in Chicago, No, but, you know, 15-mile-an-hour winds. So that that's going to be an interesting game to monitor weather-wise. But I think for the most part, you know, tonight in Washington it should be – you know, I think it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be low 30s as the night goes on. Those there's going to be no snow, so that's that's a good thing. And then obviously the Green Bay game is going to be bitterly cold. So, but you know, I think ultimately this is going to be a test of the once again golf at you know playing outdoors. How Detroit handles it. A lot of lot of steam going towards the the Jets' way. You know, this line flipped back again, Patrick. So it's funny you bring that up. And again, it's not because I'm from Michigan. I'm not biased. I'm not talking about Detroit because, you know, I'm from there. I'm talking about Detroit because they become one of the bigger stories in the NFL. They're on a heater right now. They're at the Jets. The Jets had to sit the quarterback and bring back Wilson, of course, uh, two right now. So what's fascinating about this, this is an aggressive move, okay? Because yesterday we were sitting here, Detroit was laying one. We've now gone back. The Jets are laying two. A lot. I think it's a sell-high opportunity for Detroit, who have covered six straight. They've been awesome. They're back on the road after a three-game homestand. The Jets come back after two one-possession losses on the road. They're going to be in a surly mood. It's going to be cold. You mentioned Goff. He struggled in cold weather. It's going to be about 38 degrees there in Jersey. 
Yeah, and, and they're going to have to respond to it. I mean, the one thing, they didn't play their best football last week, I didn't feel like, even though they beat Minnesota, but they were able to beat Minnesota not playing their best. So, again, this is going to be – see, to me, this is a game where – you know, the Jets have historically, when they've played Zach Wilson, have been very careful and conservative offensively. They don't want him to mess it up. And when you look at Detroit, Detroit has done a very good job since their bye week of forcing – they forced a turnover in every game with their defense, which is shocking. And other than the Cowboy game, which they've turned it over five times, they've only had three turnovers. The Buffalo game, they had two turnovers, which cost them the game, obviously, on Thanksgiving. But they played Buffalo as well as anybody that day. And, you know, they went on the they, – they beat Jacksonville handily. And we know Jacksonville – everybody's high on Jacksonville. And then they beat Minnesota. So I, I don't think you could ignore it. I mean, they went into Chicago, kind of came from behind in that game. That, that kind of turned their season around, really. I think it did. And then they won in the Meadowlands 31-18, you know, right before Thanksgiving. So – Look, I I understand the I understand the Jets' defense is good, but this is a, a Detroit offense, the number one team in the red zone. They score a lot of points. They're really good on third down. They're just gonna if they get a little bit of defense, and if Zach Wilson makes one mistake, I think it's gonna be a problem. We've talked about Dan Campbell. He's been a covering machine. Detroit is twenty and ten ATS under Dan Campbell. That's the second best in the NFL since the start of last season. Uh, the Jets, however, off a loss, have been good in this spot. They're 5-0 and ATS after a loss this season, and they come into this, like I said, in a surly mood. This is a very good unit in the Detroit offense against a very good unit in the Jets' defense. Right. You know, and so, the, you know, it's hard to run the ball in the Jets. They're fifth in the league in terms of yards per average, but the good offensive teams have done it. Now, is Quentin Williams going to play today? I think that's a big question mark. Does he play? How does he handle it? You know, can he go out there and can they match up? I mean, you know, are they going to be able to, to put some pressure on Goff? The offensive line of Detroit has played really well. So the strength yeah. of Detroit's their offensive line. The strength of the Jets is their defensive line. So it's strength on strength. So we're going to see there, you know, and I, I think obviously both teams will have some success in some areas, but the key has been the Jets have been able to make the plays that they needed to. They've kept the game close, especially when they've had to play with play with Zach Wilson. I mean, you know, they beat Pittsburgh with a fourth-quarter comeback. They dominate Miami with a fourth-quarter comeback. They beat Green Bay with other areas besides their offense, right? They throw for 99 yards in that game. They go out and beat Denver, throw for 105. You know, they play against New England, and it was the costly game. It really was their season in a nutshell because he turned it over three times there. Then they come back, they beat Buffalo, they go on their bye. Okay, everything's good. Now we get now we get to play New England in New England, and we're better than they are. Okay, they, they gain 103 yards in total offense. And then we get the Mike White experiment coming back. So I, I just think, to me, this will be interesting. If Wilson struggles a little bit, where's his confidence? And where's the team's confidence in him? Heater for two, Michael Lombardi. Jared Goff has nine starts in his career with the temps sub 40 degrees. He's got more picks than he does touchdowns. I know. We have to give him credit. He's been playing great. Okay, again, I've killed Goff. Goff has been awesome. He has been really good. He's. I have him as a top five quarterback in the in the week this week. I mean, Number you cannot four. deny, you cannot deny what he has been able to do in terms of his production this season with Ben Johnson calling the plays. I mean, he has been really good. He's thrown the ball down the field. You know, they've been able to. When you look at his career, when you look at his career uh, from the time he was with McVeigh to now, I mean, he's he's when he was with McVeigh. The year they went to the Super Bowl, he averaged 5.7 touchdown passes percentage. He's at 5.0, right? When he was there at interceptions, he was at 1.6. You know, then at McVay, he was at 1.5. So, like, the, he's all the things he's doing are very similar to when he was there with McVay running the Ram offense. And he's and they've he's only been sacked 19 times, Patrick, which is kind of remarkable. He's only been sacked 19 times. He's thrown 22 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. I mean, in Detroit, in his career in Detroit, in his 27 starts, he's only thrown 15 interceptions. He's cut down on the mistakes. No, he's been he's been awesome. You mentioned Johnson, the offensive coordinator, who's been awesome. We can actually throw up that graphic again because I think it's awesome. Michael Lombardi does the look ahead on Fridays. VEASAN subscribers get it. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff. How about you got him ahead of Allen? Again, this changes week to week, but that just shows you how prolific Goff has been, Michael. 
I mean, Allen was really good yesterday, but he did some dumb things yesterday, right? I mean, he turns the ball over from behind. He almost turns it over down in the red zone again. And then when they had a chance to win the middle eight, and this is really where I think they lost it, especially when the weather was really good. And they they go up 21-13 to 13 at the half and get the ball to start the second half. And that's they go four drives and out in the, from that period forward. You know, MVP players don't go four, three, and outs. They don't. Like, they needed to make that 28-13 and make it a better game because once the fourth quarter, once the weather changed like we thought from originally, then it became a harder game to really move the ball. Remember, you know, they got the ball in the fourth quarter, Miami, with about nine minutes to go. They make a couple plays, and then they they fizz out. They can't convert a third and five, and they got to punt it back. And with six minutes to go, Buffalo takes it down the field and wins the game. Michael Lombardi, can you pull up your number, the Lombardi line for Lions at Jets? I can report live. Lionel Messi steps up. PK, back of the net. Argentina leads France World Cup final 1-0 in the 23rd minute. So fascinating uh, what's happening in Qatar, what's transpiring in Qatar. So we'll keep you updated. Messi chasing GOAT status is the greatest of all time. World Cup could put him over the edge. 1-0 for Argentina. Michael Lombardi, back to you on your number. Lions at the Jets. I had the Lions as a 1.09 favorite. I had them slightly fa- – no, excuse me. I had the Jets at 1.09 favorite. And, you know, so You're I right think on that's it. what – and so that's where I was. I was right on it. And the codes – now, the game codes, my game codes for this, Detroit has been really impressive. Detroit has really – taken strides defensively they've improved offensively you know they've been much they, they, they've they're in the top 10 categories in, in the top 12 areas in the 19 areas they're in 10 of the t- 10, 10 in the top 12 they're doing really well they're slowly kind of eliminating their deficiencies defensively so this is kind of a, a, a two teams with different status right the the jets are in the bottom categories offensively and the top categories defensively and the Lions are in the top categories offensively in the bottom. So it's kind of a, a tail between two teams here, two kind of diametrically different teams. And I think it's going to come down to, do they let Zach Wilson participate in the game? Do they let him play? Well, I was just going to say, Michael, your boy, Zach Wilson, this is a big spot for him today. Huge. <laughs> it's essentially an audition. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, because Mike White's a free agent. I mean, what are they going to do with Mike White? If, 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 if he lays an egg today... Now, if, he's, if he plays well today, I think he starts next week. But if he doesn't play well today, Mike White's coming back in. Then what do we do? Very interesting to see how Wilson performs today. The Lions, let's keep it going. Honolulu, blue and silver there in the cold in Jersey. When we return, take a look at your board. We're dipping down to three and a half with Dallas laying it at Jacksonville. That's a fascinating matchup. We'll tackle it next here on the Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, pay attention because we've got a bomb from Jeremy Plonk. Horse Racing, Express Bet, Oaklawn. He's got two picks. Race five, Jeremy likes the five horse, Botany, at five to one. That's a good price. But how about this? Race eight at Oaklawn today, he has Manulito on top at a whopping 30 to one on the morning line. Wow. Good job, Jeremy. Let's see if it cashes. Bet these races and more at First Bet, VEASAN's preferred horse racing app. When you sign up right now for First Bet, you get 10 bucks free. When you use the code HORSE200, you get 100% match on your first deposit up to $200. It's a great deal. Go to VEASAN.com slash horses for details. That's VEASAN.com slash horses for details. Okay, we're back. It's the playoff push, of course. Week 15 in the NFL. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hope you're having a nice weekend. And happy holidays. Let's get to this one. So this number opened with Dallas Lane five and a half at Jacksonville. You, you're mm-hmm. seeing, Michael, a couple shops showing three and a half. This has been a yeah. topsy-turvy year for Jacksonville. Maybe underperformed as far as record where they should be. Here comes Dallas. We'll start with your cap. Well, you know, this is a fascinating game. I think this is one of those where people are expecting Dallas to look past Jacksonville. It's going to be a challenging game because they know they play Philadelphia on, on New Year's Christmas Eve. It's just like a lot of people think the Eagles will stub their toe a little bit today. That line's moving from nine down to eight and a half now. And so I think this is kind of both teams are in that look-ahead spot. I think what, what 
Tennessee did last week that Jacksonville did to them has heightened Jacksonville's value. And what Dallas did versus Houston has lowered their their value. But I want, when you really break the game down, the area where Dallas is really good is throwing the football and being able to use Pollard and doing things. And where Jacksonville's really bad is defending the pass. I mean, this is a game that I, I had this line at 4.75, It's it, and it continues to go towards towards Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville will struggle to put to ha- protect Lawrence. They, they didn't run the ball last week against Tennessee because nobody really runs the ball against Tennessee. They made a lot of plays in the passing game, but those plays they made in the passing game, when you watch the game, they're, they're not – plays that you say, wow, that that's going to happen again next week. There were some great throws, great catches, and some timely, timely uh, big plays. I, I don't know if that can happen this week. I think there's a little bit of too much love falling for Jacksonville today in the market. I, I don't see it. I really don't. I think they're inconsistent. It's funny. We have such short memories. I mean, a, a week ago when they got destroyed by the Lions, right? I mean, they got destroyed by the Lions. A lot of people oh, yeah. were on Tennessee. You know, in that game, and then they come back and played well. They they are inconsistent, but where I don't think they played as well, especially with Walker being out today, I don't think they've been very good in the secondary, nor have they been very good at at playing pass defense. I mean, they struggle to stop teams from throwing the football. And if there's a decider, I think you mentioned it at the start of your conversation there, it might be the pass rush in Micah Parsons. Again, this is a team that's second in the NFL with 48 sacks. You know, the tackles and Taylor and Robinson are going to have their hands full. Uh, this is, to me, that right there is the the mismatch as far as pressure on Lawrence. Lawrence has been been playing very, very well. By the way, the Jags have lost 20 consecutive games to an NFC team, which is a wild number. Also, their 0-10 ATS, their last 10 games against an NFC team. So uh, this is a weird spot for the Jags, who, again, completely outclassed just a couple of weeks ago, and now we come back and they're getting a little love in the market. Well, I mean, look, since since they played Kansas City, right, then they went to a bye, right? They've given up over 400 yards in three of those four games. And the Titans, which can't really throw the football, threw for 227 on them. I mean, the week before, Detroit threw for 337. Now, they forced four turnovers by Detroit by Tennessee, but they were kind of really some strange turnovers. I mean, Tannehill throws the ball right to him. I think he thought the receiver was going to bend over. Henry fumbles the ball. You know, Tannehill gets strip-sacked in the pocket. I mean, those are kind of like because the left tackle at Tennessee isn't very good. I don't know if that can duplicate itself. That's my point. And I think it'll be a close game. I just think Dallas is the better team, and I think you're going to get a really good number at 3.5 if you take Dallas. Playoff clinching scenarios on the line for the Cowboys as well. They're in a weird spot, right? They're not going to win their division, but they're going to find themselves in the postseason early here. So there's plenty yeah. to play for for the Cowboys. There's going to be plenty of be motivation. The you know, they're going to be yep. the fifth seed, so they could play the worst. The, you know, they're going to play the you know whoever the worst team is in the in the NFC that won a title. Is it? It's not going to be San Francisco. They'll be higher than that. You know, is it going to be Minnesota? It won't be Minnesota. They've got eleven wins, so it's going to be a South team. You know, it's going to be they get to play Tampa or they get to play Carolina. That's why this fifth seed for Dallas is really important because you're going to play the NFC South team. Now you got to go to their stadium. That We know the South isn't playing very good. Riddled me this, Michael Lombardi. Remember last week when we said that Tom Brady was a three-and-a-half-point dog on the road to a rookie making his first start? Yes. Well, the Sharps were all over Tampa Bay, and they got blown out 35-7. It was a boat race. Well, guess what? The Sharps are back on the Bucks today at home hosting Cincinnati. Tampa Bay's a league worse as far as covering. They've got three covers. They're three nine and one ATS. Cincinnati a league best against the spread. They're ten and three. They've covered ten of their last eleven. It looks like Argentina's going to score another goal. They go up two nil. My goodness, they're going to win a World Cup. This is unbelievable. As Messi and Argentina, are they up going nuts at the circa? France. I bet they're going nuts at the circa. Are they I'm going sure, nuts I'm, at the circa? I'm sure they are. We've got we've actually got a camera set up, and you can see it. We'll we'll pop it up every once in a while here, so you can kind of see the vibes there at Circa in Las Vegas. But again, 2-0, Argentina up. Messi looks like he's going to capture his World Cup. 36th minute there. We're back to Tampa. They've been terrible. Everybody, you can see the screen there. Yep, I mean, it's packed. It's so early. That's what people do in Vegas. You see your boy up front. Looks like he's had some libations already this morning. Maybe a bloody. 
Uh, maybe a mimosa at 7.30 for in the morning, and they're ready to yeah. go. They're like Mr. Wilson. They're already dressed and ready to go at 7.30 oh, in the Mr. morning. Mr. Yeah. Wilson. <laughs> okay, so again, the books are reporting, Michael Lombardi, that the sharp money is on Tampa Bay. I, I, yeah. Again, l- l- believe your eyes in this situation. Cincinnati's been on a roll. What do you got here? Three and a half at the Bucks. I mean, I have this game as a 5.7 game in favor of the Cincinnati. Cincinnati's playing really well. You know, we thought Tyler Boyd wasn't going to play. He will play, you know. And so Vita Vey's not going to play for uh, Tampa, huge. which is huge inside, especially against a team that can run the ball. But let's kind of put some Tom Brady things in perspective here. You know, when you break down Brady, 6.2 yards per attempt this year. 6.2 yards per attempt is the lowest is the lowest in his career in his career in 2002 he was at 6.3 i mean it doesn't get any worse than this for him right now he, he's having a hard time i mean last year he threw for 312 yards a game he's down to 275 this year right so and, and a lot of that is because of their inability to to and a lot of those 275 yards are they're playing from behind so you know, and they've got no run game. they got no run game. I mean, last year he threw for 5,316 yards, 43 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. This year he's got 17 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. I mean, if it wasn't for the way he protects the ball, I mean, his two years in Tampa before this season he had 83 touchdown passes. 83 touchdown passes his two seasons in Tampa. He can't get that. And, and so with, if you're playing Tampa – you love the hook, right? You get the three. You think it's going to be a close game. And you're saying you're going to be able to to, to slow down the Cincinnati team, which I think is hitting full stride, which I think with the, win, with the wind yesterday, with that wind yesterday, I think it, it, it heightens Cincinnati's sense of urgency. Yep. I mean, Take over not gonna, possession ta- of first place. Yeah, you know Right. It. Tampa's not going to have Jamal Dean at, at safety, at corner, Right. I mean, you know, they're not. Winfield's still limited. He may play. Werfs may not play at right tackle. You know, Akeem Hicks isn't the same player. Levante David. None of those guys on defense have played well. I mean, look, they they used to turn the ball over. This year, they're 25th in interceptions. They used to not stop the run. They used to stop the run. This year, they're 23rd in yards per attempt. They're 32nd in. How about this? They're 32nd in rushing attempts. They're 32nd in yards gained. They're 32nd in touchdown runs. And they're 32nd in yards per attempt. Like, there's no number that tells you that Tampa's going to turn it on. And if they do today, okay, you're wrong. They're wrong. I mean, go ahead. But I don't see the evidence to support it. I think you could argue this is the best form since he's been in in the Zach Taylor tenure, even better than the run last year. I mean, they're really Uh clicking right now. And, Michael, uh, just as another point – Tampa Bay is old and slow. What are we watching here? It's an old and slow football team right now. I know, and they can't make explosive plays. You know, now, you know, I mean, there's some injuries on Tampa that, that Cincinnati that you're worried about. Hendrickson's not going to play. with He's out with a with a wrist. And Mike Hilton, their slot corner, who they really rely on. But other than that, but this team is really improving. I mean, Mixon will be at full strength. With DJ Reader out there, they're really hard to run the ball on. You know, I, and I trust Burrow. I mean, Burrow, I think, has been in full stride. I mean, look, since their bye week, since they just, you know, they, they've only turned the ball over three times. Now, they haven't been able to create turnovers. But this is a really good team on third down. It's a really good red zone team on offense and defense. They're fourth in the league in red zone offense, sixth in red zone defense. Sharp money. Again, the Sharps, we always want, there's a delineation here. When we say sharp money, we're talking about the respected money we're hearing about being bet. But that respected money was on Tampa Bay and San Francisco last week. So always a word of caution. A classic look-ahead spot for the Eagles coming up next. It's going to be a cold early kickoff in Chicago and Dallas looms. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Michael's getting fired up for the Fox pregame show. Turn a loss into a win with he's laughing. Turn a loss into a win with GM. People, anywho, place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs at any pro football game. If all of your legs hit the parlay except one, you're going to get your stake back in free bet. So again, up to twenty-five bucks. Bet MGM. They've been hooking you up all season. Get involved right now with one-game parlay. Again, four legs, all hit except one. Twenty-five bucks back. Free bets. Twenty-one years or older. One eight hundred gambler. If you have an issue, again, promotional offer not available. Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. We got you back here. The winner of the Giants as we welcome in not just Nesson, not just Marquis. Don't worry, we've got the Bears coming, but Masson as well. And your Commanders. How about this? The winner of this game, Giants at the Commanders will be in excellent position to make the postseason, of course, as a wild card. Whichever team wins, Michael Lombardi going to be 8-5-1, and one, hold the sixth playoff spot in the NFC. Interesting spot. We talk about spots in sports handicapping all the time. Washington goes into the bye, banged up, a perfect opportunity late in the season. Uh, conversely, the Giants got beat up at home by a division rival last week. Now they go on the road. It's four and a half with the Commanders. You know, and, and it's shocking because, you know, when the, when they played just a couple weeks ago, Patrick, you know, that line was a lot, you know, that line I think it was two and a half, if I'm mistaken. You know, I think it was, yeah, it was two. It closed at two in favor closed of the two. Commanders. You know, and so now they're playing home, they're, which really is, is there a home field at, at that stadium? Of course there's not, but they are. But I think this game was really, I, I think the reason the line is different here is because when you break the game down, you know the commanders should have the, the commanders controlled the ball for 41 minutes in the game. They, oh, that's also overtime too, and they were and they were only three for 14 on third down in the last time they played them. They gained 400 yards. You know they had they gave up too many sacks and they made mistakes in the passing game, but they re- were able to run the ball for 165 yards. They just didn't cash it in. And I think ultimately what the books say it is, is Washington's the better team and they're going to show it today. We shall see. I think this is this is New York's last stand game. I think they've got a – the Barkley's going to be healthy. They did run the ball the last time they played him. And, and for all we talk about Daniel Jones, he only threw six incomplete passes the last time they played him. So, you know, and they had a chance to win the game. I think Heineke makes that fourth and 17 play late in the game on the last drive of the game that really ultimately determines the game. So, you know, I think it's a close game. I think it's a field goal game. I really do. I think that four and a half seems like an awful lot. Oh, I don't think you're surprising our mass and audience by saying Taylor Heineke has had a horseshoe shoved up. It's a family show. I'll stop there. 
uh, all season as it's been quite a year. Remember, they started off so poorly, the Commanders, and here they are in playoff contention. New York, by the way, Michael Lombardi, the Giants, they're 4-1 ATS on the road this season. Daniel Jones has been very good on the road ATS-wise in his career. 16-7 and ATS on the road for Jones. It, let's go back to the spot. How do you evaluate the spot? The Giants continue after getting blown out last week. They're now on the road, a huge spot, coming off the bye. What is Washington, as far as a team off the bye, you can go one of two ways, correct? Yeah, I mean, usually sometimes you start slow, you know, and to kind of get into it. And sometimes, you know, you kind of like Carolina came off the bye and started fast out in Seattle. Uh, I'm always a little hesitant because I think sometimes you kind of gradually get into it uh, as you come off the bye. But, it, you know, Washington's had, you know, they basically have had two weeks to prepare for this game. They played them. They could break down the game, what they did yeah. well, what they didn't do well, what they need to improve upon where they need to go with this, and they're going to have to make sure that Heineke doesn't make a mistake, that he protects the football, and they make plays down the field. They're going to try to take McClurin out of the game, you know, and they should be 100% healthy. I think Gibson is, was a little beat up the last time they played. He should be able to be, but this Washington team, it doesn't run the ball for a lot of yards. It runs the ball with some consistencies and no and – no, negative plays, but they have to be able to convert third down better at the pace that they did. I mean, they're 26th in the league in third down conversions, which is one of the reasons why their offense stalls so much. Well, and so that's say, why they punt so damn much. I'm sorry, Michael, but you always say, does, does a team know who they are? And you just said it with the commanders, with Robinson and Gibson running the football. The commanders have won the time of possession battle in seven straight games. Their identity is defense and now running the football, right? No doubt. And, you know, and look, they, you know, even though they lost to Minnesota, which they, they, we could talk about that, you know, they run for 137 against them. They run for 152 against Philly, 153 against Houston, 176 against Atlanta, you know, and then they run for 165 against the Giants in the last game. You know, they get 25 first downs. Now, I understand it went to overtime, so those numbers are a little bit inflated. But the Giants, you know, even though Jones only threw six incomplete passes the whole game, he only threw for 182 yards. So they didn't give up any big plays. And, you know, that's the key. And they've been able to turn the ball over with their defense. And Heineke can't turn this thing over. I mean, this is going to be a real war. I think it's going to get into the fourth quarter. And, I mean, the Giants have to win it because Washington then goes out and plays San Francisco next week. So they can't – if they miss if they misplace this game and lose, go to 7-6-1 and one, – go out and play a really hard game against San Francisco. Then they finish the season with Cleveland and Dallas. That's not going to be easy for them. Let's take a look at the Lombardi line on the Commanders hosting the Giants. Again, in market, we like to juxtapose the numbers here. Michael's number to the market. The market right now says Washington 4.5, a total of 40.5. What's the Lombardi line yeah, say? Yeah, I'm at 263, and I regret, you know, I took Buffalo with Russo in the first pick, and I want, I should have taken the Giants. I made a huge mistake there. I, but I was counting on bad weather in Buffalo, and the shocking the weather people lied to me. But Anyway, uh, I, I like I like I like the Giants a lot here. I think the Giants will play well. I think it'll be a close game. I'm not saying that Washington won't win the game, but I think the Giants. Daniel Jones plays well against the Giants against the Washington team. That they, they've had a chance to regroup. They're a little bit healthier, in New York. They're much healthier now than they were the last time, especially with Barkley. Right now, they're not explosive by any means. We know this. The Giants can't make explosive plays. But, you, you know, Leonard Jones, Leonard Williams will be back. You know, they'll probably have G.I. Board back, give them some size up front. And, you know, they've got to be able to stay in there. You know, this giant defense struggles to play the run. They're 31st in the league in yards per attempt against them. And But where they get really good at it, where they're able to, is they've been very good in the red zone. But of last of the last few weeks, that red zone defense has been leaky. They're fifth overall in the league, but it has been leaky. I want to switch, and again, I, I mentioned a classic look-ahead spot for the Eagles, where in division last week, again, they're traveling to Dallas next week. So sandwiched in between that is a 1 p.m. kickoff in Chicago. It's going to be freezing temperatures in the 20s, an early kickoff, kind of you know, a Chicago team that, although they've had cash seven straight overs, which is an, uh, an oddity here, uh, but a team that's out of it in Chicago and Philly's lane eight and a half on the road. Yeah, that number's down from nine, right? So I think what, what this is saying is weather's going to factor this game. And it's a look ahead. 
But Philly, the last three weeks, has decided to play a different style of game than they had in the prior weeks. I think the Colt game gave them a, a, a dose of reality. Now, the Colt game plan is going to be the same one that Matt Eberflus kind of uses in this game. Now, I mean, that's what it's going to be. But they don't have as much speed in Chicago as the Colts do on their defense. They held the, they held the Eagles to 17 points in that game. And, you know, they were able to kind of control it. The Eagles, in that game, they only ran for 141 yards. So that, that's typically not what they do. The next week against Green Bay, they ran for 363. And last week against the Giants, they ran for 253. So, you know, this is going to be a tough game for the Bears, but it becomes a really hard game for the Bears if the Eagles play from in front. If the Eagles score in the first quarter, if they do like they did against Tennessee and get the 21-7 lead at half, 24-7 lead against the Giants at half. The Bears don't have a passing game to come back. They have to stay attached. They have to use the six-back offense. And look, for the Eagles, this is something they practice against all the time. I mean, this is who this is. the Eagles practice against the six-back. So they should be fully prepared. And look, the Eagles are completely healthy. I mean, other than Reed Blankenship, the safety who replaced Gardner, uh, Gardner Thompson, I mean, other than that, they're healthy as can be. Their injury report has one player on it. Sirianni's job here is to get the team to focus. I know it sounds weird to say this about professionals, but this is a weird spot for Philly going to Chicago. Again, it's going to be freezing. Dallas next week. Do you expect the Eagles to be completely focused here? No, I do. I think the Eagles are playing to a standard. I think they're playing to a standard. And I think that, you know, against – I think they – maybe weren't focused at the Colts and maybe they weren't as focused at, at, at Houston when we saw them on a Thursday night. They only won by 12 in that game. But for the most part, this team has really been focused. And I think the last two weeks, they've improved themselves on how they want to play the game. They've gotten the lead, and it's helped their defense tremendously. They've gotten to play from in front. Now, look, they've scored 48 against the Giants. They scored 35 against Tennessee, and they've only created one turnover. And they've on in the last two weeks they haven't turned the ball over. See, th- th- there was about a four week period where they actually turned the ball over, and they haven't they haven't done that in the last two weeks. The coordinator ba- coordinator battle to watch this week in the Lombardi look ahead on Friday over at Veasan.com had to do with the Patriots and Raiders. Yes, the Pats and Raiders. I think you're probably going to be pretty interested in that game, Michael Lombardi. I know our Nesson audience is going to be interested in that game. By the way, did you know that Josh McDaniels has a winning record against Bill Belichick? I did Will know it continue? that. Yes, I did know that. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.